0: You know, she could have been descended from a ninja. Find out who on today's
1: episode. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations.: I'm going to start today's show with a big shout out to our friends in Buford, Georgia. Thanks honor Athletics for being our sponsor.
0: Landon, how can we get in touch with them?
2: Well, Sensei Jackie, to order, call for personal service at 770-945-5150. You can also order all your karate needs and more online
0: at HonorAthletics.com. And hey, guys, don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO as you're checking out for your 10% discount. As always, thanks, Honor Athletics. I second that emotion. I second
1: (laughs) it. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Jackie. And I'm Landon. And today, our guest is Derek. Hello. He's been on the show before, so you'll have to go back and find him as to which episode he was on. And uh, that'll give you a reason to search through some old episodes, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so here's what's been new with me. Every time I go to edit, I hear myself say, I'm so excited about this episode. And I got tired of the word excited, so I went to this book called The Synonym Finder, which is like a thesaurus on
0: steroids,
1: (laughs) to look for another word. And I was really surprised to find that there were no adequate words for excited in the positive sense. There were plenty of great words for excited in the negative sense, like words like agitated. I thought that was really weird. Don't you guys think that's really weird? Yes, Yes. Sensei. Oh, definitely. So I was thinking the listeners could tell me some other words for excited. Well...
2: Speaking of how excited we are, we have some energizing news that we are now on Twitter at Wildcat Dojo. So if you have another word for exciting,
1: which I bet you do,
2: let us know on Twitter again at Wildcat Dojo.
1: Hey, on top of Twitter, Sensei Jackie, tell them how they can get in touch with us if they like the old-fashioned ways. Get how old-fashioned is like on Facebook? How (laughs) sad is that? Yes.
0: But if you like other social media, of course we have a presence there. And we are Wildcat Dojo at YouTube, Facebook, and our web page. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you at any of those places.
1: And I'm taking the really old stuff. The phone number to leave us a voice or a text is 954-350-1915. And the email is dojoconversations at AOL. So, seriously, get in touch with us, guys. We'd love to hear from you, right? Yes, we would. Oh, yes. Okay, back to business. The exciting subject for today... Is ninjas. And I really was. It's like I got so excited when I was reading about this. I was, I wrote down here psyched about it. <laughs> so we're gonna jump right in. Derek, will you start us out?
3: Uh, definitely. So the ninja were covert agents or mercenaries from feudal Japan. Did you guys know that another word for ninja is shinobi?
1: Really? No, I didn't I did know not that. I didn't know that. And on top of that, the ancient history site. Where I got the majority of my information, added that they were specialized assassins, saboteurs, and secret agents that were highly trained. They were adept at disguise, deception, and attacking enemy strongholds. And that site says that they began in the 15th century. Now, it's true, all the different sites say different things, a little bit about time and so on and so forth. So, hey, this is a good place for you to tweet us with an argument. Us. Did I use the word right? Us. Yes. Right. Oh, oh, oh. Good job, Sensei.
0: <laughs> but when it comes to legends, and there are legends all over the place with ninjas, legend says that the art of ninjutsu began because of all of the infighting within the different land barons. I'm um, sort of like supply and demand from your economics class. Oh, (laughs) they were hired for their reconnaissance, for their spying, and assassinations, of course, as was necessary.
2: Okay, well, can I tell you guys something cool?
0: Sure. There
2: were both bands of ninjas and freelancers. To add even more cool info, the freelancers would be hired by some shogunates to infiltrate the bands, and these bands. would create passwords and change them at random to find the infiltrators. When the password was yelled out, those that didn't stand
1: would be called out as infiltrators. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> Sneaky. For some reason we think of a of the 1500s or the 1600s or every hundreds but our hundreds as being a simpler time, but that is like super strategic. It's kind of smart. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, over time, a lot of people have compared in their brains the samurai and the ninja. Don't you guys think? I definitely do. For sure. And I think the samurai have always been considered classier. Hmm. Again, don't you guys agree with that? Oh, yes. yes. I guess see that
3: as more of an honor-bound person. I can see that.
1: I kind of think that classification as the samurai as a better warrior than the ninja or a fancier warrior or a more upper class yeah warrior. I think that's kind of an unfair categorization. Yes. Yes. I pulled that word off. Mm. Because each group became adept at what they needed. Ninja were good at subterfuge, ambush, trickery, and projectile weapons, which just saying projectile weapons (laughs) is fun.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. And of course they both used swords. Another thing that the ninja and samurai had in common is that the fathers of the ninja family taught their children to, are you ready for this list? Ride horses, swim, handle weapons, jump moats. They were taught team acrobatics, how to conceal themselves, survival skills, topography, reading weather signs, explosives, how to tie knots, how to make poisons, how to destroy using fire, the art of escape, self-medicine, and first aid.
1: Excuse me? And that's in primary school. It's overwhelming, right?
2: Yes. And something to add is that the samurai and the ninjas also often work together, which is something very cool. And now that we've covered both, you can let us know what you think between commonalities between the samurai and the ninjas. So let us know.
1: So what you're saying is in some instances, the shogunates had the ninja and the samurai team up against yet a different party? Correct. Oh, cool. I did not know that. But I'll tell you what I did know from what Sensei Jackie said, which is a kind of a modern take on it. Sensei Peg loved poisons. Master Collegian's wife, Sensei Peg, loved poisons. She ran (laughs) a couple of classes on poisons for us over the years. You know, she could have been descended
0: from a ninja. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: I don't want to open up that can of
0: worms.
1: (laughs) Okay, who's up? Is that you, Derek?
0: Us.
3: I found that this actually pretty cool. Uh, The weapons are just as varied and impressive as the list that they were taught. Uh, They did become adept at the same 18 weapons that the samurai used. And like samurai, their main weapon was a sword. They also called it a katana. Although theirs was a little shorter and not as curved, the great little uh, snippet that I found was... They used a suba as a step to gain height. And the cord of the sheath, they used to pull the sword up after they scaled the wall.
1: So just in case people don't know, the suba is the guard between the blade and the handle. And that is a way cool fact. Yes. I could totally steal that fact and use it sometime. Us. Okay, so as we often like to do here, we're going to name some of the other weapons. And we're going to do it in a round robin. So start me out, Landon. Well, I'm going to start off with shurikens or stars. Throwing stars are their most famous. That's Us. right.
0: Right? Us. And I'm going to take the makibishi, little jacks on the ground, kind of like in Home Alone, that uh, <laughs> that he used under the windowsill when the bad guys were coming in. Excellent comparison. Uh, and I'm going to take the cow traps, which are big sharp jacks that they used
1: to impede horses and wheeled vehicles. Ah. Oh.
3: Uh, so then I'll take uh, throwing knives, which they use to just kind of stop people from attacking them or like as they're running away.
1: And of course, Master Collegian always said, "Real women throw knives." Okay, I'll say it, Landon, but you tell them what it is—the kusara gama, kusara gama,
2: which is a hatchet on a ten-foot chain. Mm.
1: I know that one sounds cool. It's like you I mean, it them know. and then get it back. <laughs>
0: hatchet. <laughs> Fumibari and Fukumibari that are small metal pins that they would spit at their opponents aiming for the eyes.
1: I just want to say about the the things in their mouth. Yeah. Did anybody else think, what if they swallowed it? I was thinking about that because on
2: America's Got Talent, there's people that were swallowing swords. And I thought about that.
1: I mean, not related, but kind of related. And of course, kids have swallowed Legos in their life. Nice. Yeah, right?
0: And mothers always say, don't put that in your mouth. You're going to swallow it.
1: But even though that one sounds really gross, it also sounds like a real surprise. Us. So, one <laughs> just spit at us. <laughs> okay. I'll finish it up with a hand claws. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we did make reference to Wolverine. Is he or is he not your favorite X-Men character?
0: He's the only one I know. No, you know
1: Storm. Oh, I like Storm. She's cool. Landon doesn't know any. How about you? Is Is Wolverine <laughs> one of your favorite characters?
3: Definitely one of the top five to ten of the X-Men characters that I know. I'll say Magneto is probably my favorite.
1: Oh, I like Magneto. I forgot him. They're all cool, but Wolverine had the claws, and they were retractable, which is way cool. Us, Like cat claws. So Ninja did have hand claws, or that's what the history site told me. Us. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move from weapons to clothing, are we not? I'm excited. Okay, Sensei, (laughs) can I
2: tell them about a weird clothing fact? Go for it. Before the 1800s, there was no description available of what the ninjas wore. Then, all we found in the records was just that ninjas dressed all in black. Wow. They wore tabby or soft sock-like shoes, where the big toe is separated from the rest of the toes. Some sources say there are stories of ninjas wearing chainmail mail and other armor or even types of camouflage.
0: Camo before hmm. it was cool?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think their camo looked like?
3: I would have to think that they would adjust it to whatever city or environment they're in. Like They would probably send someone in to kind of get an idea, like a spy or someone to just gain intelligence of what's going on and then adjust it to the environment there. That's
0: That's a good point. And I don't think the camo was printed the way it is today. I think it was probably they wore either scarves or pieces of fabric that would make them look camouflaged. Hmm. Those are both really good points, aren't they? Yes. Now, I wonder if this is somewhat related. There's a norm of Japanese performance art where the color black represents invisibility, and I do wonder if that came down from the ninja. Probably. Which came first, the, the
1: invisibility symbolism in art, because I don't know how far back that goes, or the fact that ninja were known, because they weren't known for that until the 1800s. Us. I mean, they did it before that, but nobody knew what they were wearing. <laughs> Moving on from the clothing, remember from other podcasts, how the Edo period made work scarce for warriors, and that brought the need for styles to develop so that the skills wouldn't be lost. You guys remember that i do yes i remember that the ninjas were no exception after centuries of secretive training the ninjutsu style developed
3: us and that was around the same time as uh, 18 other art forms some of those include kendo archery and judo jiu-jitsu horsemanship and swimming
1: i find it interesting that they thought of swimming as an art form uh, right i mean we just take swimming for granted because we're south floridians it's true. You grow up in South Florida. You learn to
0: swim. Us. That's right. But in other parts of the country, you don't. And if a ninja got to a creek, he certainly would have had to know how to swim to get across it. I don't, just I don't know why I'm laughing at the
1: visual of a ninja getting to a creek as opposed to a river or an ocean.
0: Us. <laughs> <laughs> just, okay. Sorry. Sister Jackie has a cool fact, I believe. Uh, it's just that in uh, ninjutsu, the whole idea was to use orthodox weapons in unorthodox ways. That sentence is just fascinating. Thank you.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: because like even the way they used their sword to climb the wall.
1: Right. Uh, that's an example of it. Okay, continuing on with the schools. With the organization of the schools, they also made manuals. And the most famous manual is one called Vansen Shukai. It was distributed about 1676, which was in the Edo period. yes by Fujibayashi Samiyi, and the two most famous schools at that time were the Iga and the Koga schools. I recently read that both of those schools still exist
0: today. Wow.
2: Wow. And switching gears now, most sites say the legends of the feats are half tooth and half legend, but what was true was that the feudal lords would create safety in their castles by making creaky floorboards confusing layouts, revolving walls, and trap doors. They were honestly pretty smart.
1: So every time we read a fact, I'm like, ooh, that's my favorite. No, way, ooh, that's my favorite. Like, I love the weapons. I mean, I I think making your house hard to break into, that's a cool fact, right? Yes. Us. Okay, continuing on with the legends or fact theme, these facts haven't been verified, but they're so cool that we decided we're sharing them anyway. And let's do this in a round robin. Derek, you want to start me out?
3: Definitely. All right. So they never appeared in public without a disguise.
0: They concealed their name and all personal information and techniques through death. They
2: were excellent escape artists.
1: They used fog, smoke screens, and darkness for disguise. And lastly, because of these outstanding feats, ninjutsu is sometimes known as the art of invisibility. And there is one last gross fact. Who's going to take it? I'll take it.
0: In feudal (laughs) times, if they were caught, warlords would boil them, the ninjutsu, alive or skin them.
1: That is like seriously gross.
0: Us.
1: Yep. (laughs) I'm shivering (laughs) thinking about it. Let's jump forward to more modern times. You
0: got me here, Jack? I do. Did you know that there are many ninja museums? One of note is the Iga Ueno. It's in the Mie Prefecture. And that is housed at the ancestral home of a ninja warrior. And did you know that there are tons of movies about ninjas? I have three cool ones. From nineteen eighty one, Enter the Ninja. From oh, I love that movie. From nineteen eighty seven, Ninja Death Squad. And from twenty thirteen, Ninja Two. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I didn't know that there was a Ninja movie One. Called ninja. <laughs> Uh, We're going to have to look into those last ones, aren't we, Derek?
3: Uh, I saw the first one. And I liked it a lot, but the rest of them I I've never even heard of.
1: I saw the first one, and I liked it a lot, too. Yes. Okay, let's finish up with some stories about real ninja. You're going to start me out again, Derek? You're my starter today. Who knew?
2: Follow the leader, 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 <laughs> follow the leader.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. Ishikawa Boemon was born in 1558. And died in 1594. Legend says he was a Robin Hood type outlaw who was boiled alive after an attempt to kill a warlord in the Sengoku period between 1467 to 1615. Modern cultures and legends have built his ninja skills into superhuman feats.
1: That was a good one. Us. Okay, then there's Mochizuki Chiyomi, a noblewoman and poet in the 1500s who created an all-female group of ninja agents known as Konoichi. They served the Takeda clan, which is an example of a double agent, right? Yes. Mm,
3: Nice.
1: She was a noblewoman. I I believe if I remember from what I read about her, her husband died. and Her shogunate asked her to become a double agent and therefore create this band of ninja women. But again, they don't know 100% how true all this is. I got this from Wikipedia. And even they say that this may not be completely factual because the sources aren't academic. But still, it's very fun to think of it, isn't it? Oh, yes. Okay, now this last one by Landon is long, but it's also probably the coolest. Us.
2: This is the story of Fuma Kotaro from a site called japaninfo.com. His legend name was Demon of the Wind and Master of the Flame. He was the self-proclaimed head of the Fuma clan. They were different from the Iga and Koga clan, and in that instead of specializing in sabotage and spying, they specialized in guerrilla tactics, using a small band with tricky strategies against a larger, less mobile army.
1: So that's what guerrilla warfare is, right?
2: Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks for telling me. Kotaro was the fifth Fuma lord, and they all went by the name Fuma Kotaro. Legends abound, for example, they say that he was huge because his parents were a human and an oni. An oni is a legendary ogre or troll that is huge and muscular. His original name was Kazama, and he led a special force of the Fuma Clan called the 200 Rappa. Rappa means battle interrupter. Interesting, huh?
1: I like that part.
2: The Fuma Clan was divided by skill set. They had fighters, burglars, thieves, and pirates. Two legendary stories. You'll have to decide if they're true or not. Either way, it's pretty amazing stuff. Here goes. During one horrible battle where their side was losing, they changed tactics. Attacked while the enemy was sleeping via submarines, submarine, which is the word that they used in the article. And they disguised their clothing. All of this so confused the enemy that the enemy began killing each other. Ew. (laughs) In other legends, the head of the Tokugawa Shogunate sent his best ninja to track Fuma. This cat and mouse game went on for years. Once the tracker thought he had Fuma caught in an inlet, but it turned out to be a trap where Fuma had poured oil into the inlet. The boats were stuck, and Fuma's men lit the oil on fire. Wow, that's a lot.
1: Ooh. Uh Yeah, that is a lot.
2: Well... Not long after that, he was captured and beheaded. Wow.
1: Yeah, wow is right, but he wasn't boiled alive. <laughs> as far as we know. You can look well, at the he after beheaded. he was beheaded, <laughs> <laughs> what difference
0: does it make?
1: You make a good point. I, I guess okay. that's the note we're going to end the ninja podcast on. Uh, How they died? Yuck. All right, we're going to close out today with saying if you are someone who would like to become one of our sponsors. I personally would just be over the moon with appreciation. Any small business, any small entity, we would love to take you on. We're very easy to work with. Hey, they can tweet us and let us know. Or you can private message me in any of the ways you want. That would be perfect. And Derek, it was fun having you here today.
3: It's always a pleasure, Sensei.
1: Thank you. And with that, we're going to close it out. Good night. Good night, everybody. See you guys next week.
0: Thanks
3: for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.